0: Today is the second Sunday of Advent, and in Advent, as we said last week, we are preparing for the coming of the Lord, and today our readings give us the ways to enable us to prepare for the coming of the Lord. Our Gospel reading situates the coming of the Lord in both Palestinian and And the then known world history to say that the Messiah coming is the universal Messiah. Jesus is coming not only for the then Jewish people but he comes for the whole world and that is why the reading concludes so that the whole world will see the salvation of the Lord. Our Gospel begins to focus on John the Baptist who preached the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and how he calls on every one of us to fill every valley in our lives, to make every hill and mountain low, to make the crooked ways straight and to make smooth all the rough ways. The Baptist call to repentance and the amendment of there are ways, when necessary, in preparing the people for the coming of the Savior of the world. The prophet Baruch, in the first reading, also speaks similar words to the exiles in Babylon. Their sorrows are ended because there will be a glorious restoration in their land. God has ordered that every high mountain and the everlasting hills be made low and the valleys filled up to make level ground so that Israel may walk safely in the glory of the Lord. These were the people who were living in the Babylonian captivity. They were chained and humiliated and exiled to Babylon. But Baruch says that they are going to return in a glorious ceremonial way because the Lord himself will lead them to the land that he promised them. Beloved, the Babylonian captivity may be over. But unfortunately, some of us Christians are still held captive. Some are held captive by their past because we cannot let the past go. Some of us are held by our weakness. Probably somebody said to you that you are of no use and you are stuck with that. Probably you think that you are deficient in some quality and you get stuck to it and you define yourself according to that perception, you are living in captivity if you think that way. Probably our habits, especially the habit of anger that defines our identity. Because, you know, let me tell you something. Every rational human being speaks by furthering. or her thought you know when you want to say something you think through before you let it out of your lips but if I am angry if I am upset the filter is broken and before I realize I throw in anything there and people are saying in wonder I can't believe it is him (laughs) I can't believe he, he or she said that did he really say that I never knew that is how he is, you know, you are creating an identity for yourself, which is not you, but it's an identity motivated by your anger. Maybe it was a a calling to listen. (laughs) So dearly beloved, the Lord is calling us to a restoration. Because these things are garments we must throw away. There are, there, are, there, there are mountains and hills that must be leveled in our lives and valleys that need to be filled. Dearly beloved, I asked myself, he said, make the way for the Lord. Is it the Lord's ways that needs to be changed or our ways? <laughs> I was thinking about this. When I woke up around 4 a.m., you know, when you are getting older like me, you find it difficult to sleep, you know. (laughs) You wake up in the middle of the night and your mind is wandering around and thinking about so many things, necessary and unnecessary, you know. But I was thinking about this. Prepare the way for the Lord. Straighten out the highway for the Lord. Is it the Lord's way that needs to be straightened up? Probably, that's not. It's rather my way because God is unchangeable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he doesn't change. But we need to change. So I think it is our way that needs to be changed. But what are the things that need to be straightened out in my life? I cannot answer the question for you. I can answer for myself. And each individual here has to answer that question for himself or herself. It's a personal question. But the underlying factor is that we are all often, we all often have twisted and tangled relationships that might be caused by my way of life. How I deal with people how I perceive people, how I relate with them. There are the mountains of pride and stubbornness. We can never accept that we are wrong and we refuse to be corrected or shown the way to follow. Who are you to tell me what to do? It's none of your business. That's the pride in us. We can never accept the correction that might be the necessary tool we need to transform our lives. You know, God speaks through other people, and he uses other people as instrument to straighten us up. We are proud in the way we speak to other people, showing their faults and making them feel useless. You know, Let me be honest with you for those of you who have the special other let me give you a sheet of paper and ask you to write all the good things you know about your partner i tell you it will be only two lines (laughs) but if i give you another sheet and say write all the negatives i think you raise your hand and tell me father can i get an extra heat Can I get an extra sheet to write on it? Because we are accustomed at seeing what is negative and what is positive. And so we are motivated by that negativity in our dealings with one another. The other is a fault all the time. That's the pride of complacency that we all have. There are also the crooked ways that need to be straightened. These include the times that I have failed to deal fairly with others or to speak the truth to them. What about the holes that need to be filled in our lives? These include the occasions that we are impatient with other people, especially those of my family. You know when we are driving and somebody is ahead of us and he's going below the speed limit we are go 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 and, and at times the words that comes out of our mouth oh lord save us we can't repeat that we forget about who we are and we don't even know what the person is going through What is going through the mind of that guy on the road? Probably he or she does not need to be on the road at that time. But we are never patient. What about our families? Oh, that's the worst place. But let me tell you, Father Godfrey who lives away from your family would never have the opportunity to offend you except in this church. The only one who can offend you is the one who relates with you. Yet these are the people who face the brunt of our anger, our negative perceptions, our disappointments, and our isolations all the time. Perhaps there are times that we are not generous enough with people around us, our neighbors asking for help, or some poor person begging for a small offering. We find it very hard to forgive because we continue to harbor the petty spites that embitter our hearts, the animosities that us against our neighbor, the quarrels that are kept alive, and the jealousies and the misunderstandings that we harbor each day in our life. They are killing us. We must let them go. I have decided today to emphasize our bitterness, our unbending and refusal to forgive and to forget. You know, my cousin in New Orleans, uh, Father Sari, will always say, brother, let us have fun because life is too short. And, and and i'm growing to appreciate the thought life is too short we cannot live the short life we have with malice resentment anger squabbles uncertainties in our lives no the lord wants us to be happy how can we be happy When we are harboring grudges all the time These are the mountains That prevent us from seeing God Coming to us Let's take that off So that we can easily walk to the Lord I plead with all of you Today For mutual tolerance and understanding We let Misunderstanding run on from year to year Meaning to clear them up Someday We keep quarrels alive because we cannot quite make our minds to sacrifice our pride and end them. We pass people sullenly, not speaking to them, out of some silly spy. Something we perceive that might not even be there. Something we are thinking of and making, you know, a mountain out of that anthill where the other opponent does not even remember. You know, if we are courageous enough to approach the person and say, why did you do what you did to me last year? The person might say, what did I do? Did I do anything? He doesn't even remember. So at the end, who is suffering? You know, it's like somebody offends you and 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 you think that i'm going to drink poison so that the other person will die i'm sorry you are rather killing yourself not the other person he doesn't care about it because if i have something against you the moment i see you my heart is beating so fast our emotional chemistry will always affect our blood pressure doctor am i lying You know some of us are on medication Not because we are sick But because we cannot let things go We are keeping too many things And so the medications Are not working Because the stimulus That is creating These conditions In my life are still there And they are there because of my Pride because I don't want it to go I want it to live Let these things go this season of Advent, it is necessary to fill those valleys, those you have secluded from your life, bring them back. Those mountainous pride that we keep and harbor that is causing our downward deterioration needs to be uprooted from our lives so that we can be free. The Lord wants us to be free. Dearly beloved, You know, how do we feel when we have grudges against somebody that we don't want to talk to and then the next day you hear the person is dead? We are filled with shame. There are people that need our appreciation, our gratitude, which we are not willing to give. Until they die. And then we come and we write very good biographies and uh, uh, what is that, the other one? Tribute. This guy was a saint, he was a wonderful person. Meanwhile, we never liked the person when he was alive. Why don't we say this thing to them when they are alive? You know, if you want to write a tribute to me, write it now. Don't bring it when I'm dead. I want to see that you appreciate one another. Not appreciating them when they are dead. They don't need it at the time. This is the time they need. So procrastinating the fact of showing gratitude, appreciation, forgiving somebody, helping somebody. Do it now. Don't wait till the person dies. I think if you want to give something to somebody, you would like to see how the person enjoys it while you are alive to see. Not when they are gone. Dearly beloved, if there are some crooked attitude or some crooked way of behaving or some crooked relationship that needs to be straightened out, let it be straightened out now. Then we will be preparing a way for the Lord to come to us. God does not abandon us when we stray from him. He keeps calling us back from our crooked ways to the straight way. The way of truth, the way of honesty, and the way of goodness. Advent is the right time to aim ourselves at the right path. Today, the Lord is calling you to let all these things go. Let it go. And as I always say, if you don't remember anything at all from all that I've said this morning... Remember, let it go. Let it go. Three words. And if you let it go, your life will never be the same again. You enjoy the glory and the love of God that is coming at this Christmas. Let us ask the Holy Spirit to take the weakness of our wills and the hardness of our hearts so that our lives may be flooded by the grace of his coming. If you hear his word today, please, dear, harden not your heart. Amen. Amen.